And hello and welcome to episode 11 of All Things YJ. We've got a very special show this week. I guess all are special in their own way. We've got the family Macnow. We've got Judy, formerly Stone Macnow. We've got her son, Ted Macnow, his brother, Alex Macnow, and Ted's wife, the former Emily Goldstein, Emily Macnow. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for having us. It's, I love the show. It's just terrific. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ted. That's a ringing endorsement. I need that. Dude, I need that. My my ego isn't so big enough. Terrific. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is actually interesting. We have you know Judy was at the camp, at camp in the sixties and seventies. I was at the camp in the eighties and nineties. Ted was on the camp in the nineties and two thousands. Alex was in the camp in the nineties and two thousands as well. So it's almost like four or five decades of camp right Thank here. Thank you in this for call. making me feel really old. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, oh, we haven't even. We just got started. <laughs> So, Judy, we'll start with you. Tell us how the, the Stone family got to YJ. We ended up at YJ because my uncle, Yudi Stone, also his name was Judah, Judah Stone, was the son of LSU Stone. And LSU Stone was very good friends and by marriage related to Dewey Stone. So Dewey Stone um, was related to us because my aunt Carol married Uncle Yudi. Ah, and Dewey Stone, for all you guys listening out there, is one of, is credited uh, not only for brokering the Exodus, uh, the refugee ship, the Exodus, uh, but also is one of the founders of YJ, along with Harry and Louis Levine and Dr. Morton Robbins. Exactly. So where were you, where did you guys come from originally? Meaning, I grew up in Brookline. Okay. Um, and. In 1966, about two days before camp was starting, my parents let me know that I was going to be going to overnight camp. I really didn't know much before that. Um, and it was because of my Uncle Yuri. Um, he had talked it up with my parents. My father, as a, a kid, had gone to overnight camp. My mother never went, always wanted her kids to have the chance to go. Um so they packed up those camp trunks, and my brother and I, Bob Stone and, and I, were going to be taken up to camp. My younger sister, Deb, four years younger than me, um, was in the car with us. We drove up to YJ. Um, I was 11. My sister was 7. And when we got to boys' area, we dropped my brother off there. My dad was with him, helping him unpack his trunk. My mom and I were over at girls' area where I'm busy unpacking my trunk. And all of a sudden, my sister realized, wait a second. Bob and Judy are staying, and I'm getting back in the car and heading back home with you? <laughs> Don't think so. My sister wanted to stay. And oh. Charles ended up talking with my parents. There was room at the camp. And um, she and they said, have her stay tonight if she likes it great. If not, you'll come back tomorrow and pick her up. And needless to say, my sister loved it. Uh, Charles called my parents the next day to say, pack another camp trunk. And all three of us ended up there in 1966 for eight weeks. Oh, it's amazing. Now, the Charles that Judy refers to is Dr. Charles Rotman, who actually 1966 was his first year as director. He was director of YJ up until 1992. So in 
That's that's amazing. So what are some of your earlier memories as a camper? That's amazing. You actually remember the getting dropped off and how vivid that is. It was very, it was vivid for me. I, I think there's a couple of memories, have, particularly from that first year, because everything's new. Yeah. Um, I remember doing things I had never done before. I Water skiing, um, Dahlia. I loved it because I always loved dancing. I loved participating in that. But the bottom line fun, which I think is true for absolutely everybody, is I met all these kids who I never knew before, and it almost felt like family. You know, it was different than friends from home. You, you almost felt like you were related. You know, it wasn't even just your bunkmates. You started getting friendly with the, with the other kids who were sitting at your table, and they always mixed the ages of the kids at the tables in the dining hall, and they always mixed, you know, boys and girls together so we'd all get to know each other. Um, and, and that, that really stuck with me. And, and as it was funny because we, before we were recording this with you today and talking a little bit with my kids, I ended up saying to them, I remembered even then during that first year, um, and my recollection now, when I look back at camp is it was the one place that I felt most me, like right. the true, my true self. And I think a lot of people felt that way. Uh, yeah, I think I, that, I've heard that said by so many people that camp is the place where you can express your individualism. And you mentioned Dahlia. Um, Dahlia was uh, in the camp play usually that summer. And it was sometimes it was written by staff members and it included dance, music and drama. And we did that for years. And that's one of those traditions that I wish, you know, would re, re, uh, reappear. But camp's a little shorter now these days, seven weeks than eight weeks. So that's one of those things. Maybe I'll try to squeeze it back in uh, in the future. So switching gears a little, uh, we've got Emily, uh, formerly Emily Goldstein. Emily, tell me the story about how you got to watch it, because I'm figuring that Alex and Ted follow their mom's footsteps. Huh. So we'll skip over that part. But okay. Em, take it away. Take it away. <laughs> I mean, I always knew about YJ as a kid. I think my parents really wanted me to check it out because it was a well-known, well-run Jewish camp. My sister went there. I don't even know what year. You would probably know. Uh, was- I'll, I'll give you guys a clue. Carrie Goldstein was doll at 88. Yeah. Ah, so okay. Yeah, I know. So what year are we talking so, for you, Em? Well, for me, so I started in 99, but I actually applied the year before. I was a teaching assistant at my temple with Andy Gibbs, who is also from Acton. And he was like, you have to apply. It's the best. It's so much fun. And I did. And I think I had applied too late. It was already full. So then I reapplied the next summer and was hired for the summer of 99. And the first female counselor I met was Allison Greenberg. And we just hit it off. And we hung out the whole summer. Um, she really was a lot like me, which was helpful because I think I was a little shy at first and I felt like, you know, a lot of these people had known each other for years. Um, so I was kind of walking into this situation where, you know, people were kind of paired off and knew each other, but there was also a ton of new people as well. So, you know, I, I found my niche and, you know, working on the waterfront with Leslie was really cool. And she run a really tight ship. And I was lucky that I got to, you know, hang out with her and get to know her better. Um, you know, I would say like my overall memory for my first summer there was, it was just such a neat place. I'd never worked at an overnight camp. I had never gone to an overnight camp for more than two weeks. 
So spending my whole summer away was, you know, was different for me. And I think as a counselor, it was just a really neat experience to form those kinds of friendships. You know, as, as Judy said, that these people do become your family. You get to know them on all sorts of levels and, you know, spending days off together. It was just, it was really fun. And I couldn't imagine another summer after that, not going back. Oh, that's amazing. So it, you applied in 1998. You, so you're telling me you missed your future husband's dollar summer? <laughs> I guess so. You could have been my counselor. <laughs> okay. Yeah. How how odd, odd that that would how awkward would have that been? <laughs> <laughs> so Teddy and Alex, I'll, I'll switch gears to you guys. What was it like being uh, Teddy? I remember you as a young camper in the early 90s, but Alex, you're a few years younger. But what was it like being a camper those first few years for you guys? I loved. it. I mean. You talk like you, Itsy kind of bridged like my mom and me coming to YJ, you know, like that's like all the years there. Um, I came in 92, which was Charles's last year. Ken was the assistant director that year. Uh, I mean, I think that was the last year in the old dining hall. Um, and it was amazing. I was in Boys Bunk One, I, I slept on top of Dave Pratt, you know, and I, I was a complete disaster, you know, my stuff all on his bed. Like I had this lock box that who knows what was in it, you know, in boys Monk one, but I drop it, you know, on his, on his head on a daily basis. And, uh, you know, now he's one of my best friends today. And I remember my mom dropping me off and I, um, Adam Pell was the top bunk next to me and we got into a game of chess and it was like, Oh, okay, I guess, uh, see you mom. And, you know, I, I had the most amazing time probably brushed my teeth like five times, you know, throughout the whole summer. Um, but, Typical owl fight. Yeah. yeah. But just, just loved it. And uh, that was four weeks. And then I was eight weeks every year after that, um, which is great. Cause then I met all those great friends, you know, Garrett Freeman, I met my second year in the second month, you know? And um, so, you know, I mean, Dave Pratt, Garrett Friedman, those are two of my best friends to today. And then uh, in lower Gimel, we, we got the glorious arrival of Matt Lewis, which was, you know, seriously the beginning of an era and, um, could be an entire show. You better get him on. Exactly. You better, yeah, get a, him, you better get a Matt Lewis. Yeah. That, I know it's a, it's a podcast. Yeah. Its own. Alex, Alex, how about you? Yeah. So I started in 1997 and you know, the, the whole uh, point of this episode is talking about it being a family affair. And I, I gotta say, it's so true. You know, we were there at camp. I already had my brother there, obviously, uh, he'd been there several years already, but, you know, our cousins, uh, Andrew and Nikki Stone as well. Andrew was already a camper, same Dalit as me. So, you know, coming in, it was so comfortable because I already had this family, uh, you know, that I that I had known and, and grown up with. But then at the same time, was so welcomed by the camp. You know, I remember coming in 1997 and Peach, unsurprisingly, same Dalit 01, you know, comes right up, is incredibly welcoming, warm, tours me around. I mean, it shouldn't be a surprise at all. Um, and, you know, we've remained lifelong friends, certainly, uh, uh, since that point. So, you know, it, it's uh, one of those places, as was also echoed before, where uh, you do just feel like you're part of something so much larger, part of this family connected to everyone, um, and really just felt that, again, right from day one. Hey, you've all have, have said this, this, these lifetime connections. I, I, I think it's amazing. And then it still goes on here in 2021. And and obviously, it's easier to get in touch with people now through social media and, and what have you. But uh, it's it's great. Uh, switching gears a little, what about uh, Judy? What about uh, the activities back in the '60s? To some of those activities, we probably don't see again today. But do you remember any activities that really resonated with you? Well, actually, I think a lot of 
I think a lot of the activities remained the same. I mean, sure, like, they probably do. Yeah, right. Yeah. The ones that I really, really cared about. I mean, um, I, I, of course, everyone loved Maccabia and just the whole mystique of Maccabia and its breaking and all of that. But you know, all the different for me, I loved all the different waterfront activities. If you put me near the water, I was happy. Um, I loved all the dancing kinds of activities, and I also actually riflery. Um, I was pretty good at it. So I, I you know, I never shot a rifle before. Um, it, it was something that was certainly not something I've ever done since. Um, but I, I really, you know, I, I really felt like it gave me a chance to try things. And if I liked them, great. And if I didn't like them, then I'd try something different second month. I think a lot of kids had a chance to do that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, camp gives you the opportunity to try different things around. Um, Emily and Ted. So you guys are a camp couple. How about that? That's but kind of what, what was the summer? Was it summer of 04 or summer of 05 that you started uh, dating or seeing each other? It would be the summer of 04. I actually had a, a two year hiatus, uh, which was a mistake, you know, that I, I wasn't there for those two summers. But I, I, um, you know, I was a CA and then a first year counselor. And then I came back um, as the assistant head of boys area with Scott and That's Scott um, Chellis, right? Scott Chellis, of course. Yeah. Yep, sure. Yeah. It would, uh, mentor for me for life. Um, what a guy. Uh, but, um, yeah, uh, Emily and I saw, I mean, we had been friends, you know, a couple years before we hadn't really kept in touch during those two years and then, I don't know, re- rekindled our friendship and uh, a little <laughs> bit more and, um, water country. Yeah. Water country. Yeah, actually, oh. I'm sorry. I, yeah. Scott Chellis. I mean, actually we owe this a lot to him. He, I think he recognized there was something between us or I don't know. I don't know if you said anything to him or whatever, but, um, uh, we, Basically, I was supposed to go with the Olaf. I was supposed to be the administrator on the Olafites to uh, Wayland Park, I think. Um, and uh, Scott's like, "No, no, why don't you go to Water Country? I think you'll, you know, you'll have more fun." And uh, Emily and I were kind of like sitting by the wave pool at Water Country, um, <laughs> super supervising and talking about our dating life and what we were looking for. And it was kind of like the same thing. And then it was like very clear that's what was happening. And um, then us and some friends took a day off together to Nans. Uh, as all of us took days off to hands on on this on this show, and um, and that was it. Haven't looked back since. That's great. Let's talk about Nan for a minute. Why not? You just brought it up. It's you know I had it in the notes, but it, you, everyone went on their days off went to the Cape, correct? Alex, Teddy, oh, Judy, yeah. right? Oh yeah. What what part of the Cape? Uh, Falmouth. Falmouth. Okay, yeah, not too far, right? So, so what were days off at Nan's like? Lot I, I, lo- I know there's like a, a outside shower involved here. Right. No, that- yeah, I mean, Nan, Nan, Nan was always the most welcoming. I mean, she welcomed people who she had seen year after year after year. She welcomed new staff. I mean, I think that was really notable that international staff at the camp who didn't necessarily have a specific place to go, but we could bring, you know, four or five people to Nan's house. And, you know, she opens the door and immediately in her thick Boston accent is offering every food you could possibly imagine. We've got roast beef, we've got corned beef, we've got, you know, any anything that you could possibly imagine. She always had stocked the refrigerator with about eight pints of ice cream in advance of everyone getting there. And it was just the, the ultimate in relaxation. I mean, you're hanging out with your friends on the back patio at Nan's, enjoying that nice salty Cape air. You're spending your days on the beach, you're doing uh, grilling. It, it, it was really wonderful. And I think it warmed her heart to be able to open her house to so many people and to be able to share, you know, that that love of family and that love of being around a group of people and enjoying your food, enjoying your friendship uh, to to everyone that she could. 
That's great. That's great. Alex, Alex, what was it like having your brother as an area head when, when you were a counselor? Yeah, I mean, Ted always looked out for me. We've never really had sibling rivalry, so I wouldn't say there was any, uh, you know, uh, sense of like a, a competition or, or a weird hierarchy with that. Um, you know, Ted was always someone who I think cared a lot about the kids, cared a lot about having a staff that cared for those kids and, and treated them well and uh, helped those kids be the best that they could be as well. And so I think instill that in everyone. Um, and, you know, I love my brother deeply. So we've always had a, that deep connection since we were very young kids. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was great. Oh, that's great. That's really nice. It's I'll just tell you, there's a wall, yeah, go ahead. At, there's, go ahead. there's a wall at that Cape house that has our whole family kind of like throughout the years, you know, each year, like marks the height in the year and the person. And then we started putting Camp Young Judea people on it. And it's like, a uh, you know, a legends, le- legend, wall. Just legends, <laughs> you know, space dude, I think is, is at the top of, of everybody followed by like Matt Lewis. And then, you know, people from Israel and England and, you know, just, you know, it, it would be, it's like a YJ yearbook on that wall. And it's um so cool to see. That's amazing. Space dude is of course, Scott Chellis, who Teddy mentioned was the head of boys area from pretty much Oh three through Oh six, maybe missed a year in there. And Teddy was an assistant. Brian Kesselman was an assistant. Peach was an assistant. Even Sam Hochberg, our current, maintenance director filled in for peach i think at the end of 06 peach is josh goldstein from alex's dollar dollar 01 um i want to talk about a little about programming because both alex and judy you guys were worked in programming judy first in 1974 is that correct no it was 1976 see i'm slumping you got me i am not on my game right now and actually i was the first person who did evening program director as a specific role at camp. And I worked very closely with Paul Abramson. He used to do it all. He used to do all the day programming and evening programming. It was a lot. And um, I was brought on board. I have to say, I loved that job. It was a great job. And it was like parting. It was like planning a party every night. And it was, it was a good time. And think after that, they started seeing that, to really get things at camp really um, so you could bring in some new, some new activities and things like that. Having new blood added to uh, that programming staff, I think was an asset. So it was fun. Oh, exactly. And looking back at the yearbooks from that era, it looked like to me, you know, again, is that like if, Arts and if there was a production like arts and crafts, Carl Zidel would help build the sets for like plays or 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 maybe draw a background for a particular evening activity. I felt like everyone was like the arts, all the arts, the drama, music, uh, and dance, and arts and crafts were working together. It, it, did it was it like that? It was like that, and actually, for that one year, it was the first time I was sitting at the head table with all the other administrators, and I would spend as soon as I was done eating most of my time going around to the staff to sort of uh, get um, almost like a checklist of what was needed and where we were um, for evening programs, like a couple of days ahead in case any supplies had to be brought in last minute or whatever. And if they needed something. So you're right. It was collaborative with arts and crafts, with the dance staff, with, with everybody. Um, And it, I think people had a good time doing it. I think they felt I think they felt like their uh, talents were being tapped into as well. Yeah. Were you also a bunk counselor as well? I sure, well, not that year. Every other not year there. I was a bunk, bunk counselor. I was in the little tunk with Amy Winthrop. Amy Winthrop Silverman. She married Paul Silverman from camp. 
Um, yeah, and, and she, her claim to fame is she led our first Israel trip. That's right. That's right. That's right. And then she was assistant head of girls area, I think, after that. Oh, wow. So crazy. Like it's the names. I, I just I'm just because uh, being a YJ historian, I just love, love hearing the names and, and the experiences you had with them or alumni have had with them. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's been pretty good. Pretty good there. Now, Alex. So almost 30 years later, you become program with uh, was it Larry Levine? That's Larry Levine. Exactly. 30 years later, 2006. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about that experience. Yeah. So that that was great. I mean, I, I share that sentiment that you're really getting to plan a nightly party. And at that point, you were also involved in a lot of the daytime programming, too. So a, a big part of that, I'm sure, for every programmer is the excitement about planning the Maccabi break. Uh, and Ted and Emily were, were here and we we're talking a little last night about, you know, that's always such a, a big part of the summer is when is it going to break? And the Dalit campers are all trying to figure it out and how's it going to happen and all of that. And, you know, the, the year that we had done it, we, uh, you know, we knew a lot of people were on to exactly when it's going to happen. So I take like a fake day off. I leave with Will Benditson. We go down to Will Benditson's place, uh, which actually is a flash forward. Years later, Will Benditson and I lived together for a year after I graduate college before I start medical school. Uh, so that was that was a great uh, roommate pairing. But in any event, <laughs> that's a whole show, too. We, we uh, yeah, it's probably a, another show to, to do. Yeah, exactly. uh, we go on this fake day off. Uh, I ultimately, uh, you know, come back to camp. We had planned it as a Havdalah break because we had started doing Havdalah down at the waterfront at that point. Uh, and, you know, the rule was you had to wait until after uh, Havdalah itself had actually occurred to even do any sort of a break. So, you know, I sort of sneak back to camp. I park down at the waterfront. The whole camp's coming down to the waterfront. The break is going to be that I'm coming out on the boat with Ken with the giant flag that says Maccabiah. And the whole thing really gets botched because I lock my keys in the car outside the house of the waterfront, can't move the car. And I think it's Emily Rosen walking down the waterfront. It's like, oh, that's Mac now's car. He's back already. It must be Maccabia. Oh, and it's like, oh, oh, you put all this time into the plan. Oh, you find it out. You figure it out. You try to cover your tracks and it, it, it's it gone. But uh, yeah, great summer. Lara was uh, absolutely wonderful to work with. Uh, that was my last summer at YJ2 and it, it really left it on a high note for sure. No, that's crazy. Now, Em, you were at uh, Waterfront for several summers, and you mentioned Leslie Heckfinger. And, you know, what was it like running the Waterfront? Especially Leslie was, I think her last year was 03. Mm, I don't know. Trust me. Trust me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I do trust you. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I mean, what I was remembering last night was like the Waterfront scheduling. And what a nightmare that was at first before we were able to use like an online program. (laughs) Um, But it was like this whole thing like, oh, got to do the scheduling down at Leslie's house. But it was also really exciting because we got to stay up later than other staff members and we got like tons of snacks. So it was kind of a fun experience. And Leslie, I mean, she just had this whole routine and was really just detailed and meticulous and knew exactly what she was doing, but she also really wanted to educate her other staff members that were working closely with her. But she knew that eventually she'd be retiring in the next couple of years and that she wanted to groom someone to take it over for her. Um, I don't think I could have ever run the waterfront as great as she did. I mean, she knew everything from, you know, what was happening out, who was on the boats, um, down to, you know, the olifites that were swimming in the shallow end. So I learned a lot from her and she was a really great partner. 
Um, you know, we kept in touch for a while. I follow her on Facebook. Um, but it was, you know, overall the waterfront was awesome. It was such a fun place to be. There's, you know, no other place in camp that I really wanted to be for the most part. Um, I hope it's still running well. I'm sure it is. Of course. Well, your namesake or your son's namesake, uh, Carl Schulman does a heck of a job down there. I love Carl Schulman. <laughs> Carl, Carl from Dollado Four has been down the waterfront, you know, since he, he was a CA, Alex, your last summer there. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. six. So let, let's, uh, let's talk about some of uh, like the, like the fun stuff, like food, like what, what kind of foods do you guys remember? Everyone remembers grilled cheese apparently, because that's the biggest one, but were there any other meals for any, I'm going to just throw this out to anyone. So anyone can answer first, are there any meals that resonate with you or you're like, I love that camp version of chicken or whatever. Um, I remember certain associations. I remember being so excited for the cookouts because you get a can of soda and the excitement of just getting that can of soda that would be associated with it. The excitement for the banquet, which obviously was, sure, the, the steak itself, but also, you know, the chance to dress up and all the, the fun that went around that as well. Um, specific foods, I'd say I have a little bit of a harder time with that. Yeah, no problem. No problem. I mean, curly fries and choco tacos. But my, my first couple summers at camp, I sort of had this cat and mouse game with Ken where... Uh, I don't know. I was always trying to like be a little shady with the food. My my mom had supplied me with this Cajun like Paul Prudhomme um, seasoning because I you know I, I wanted to spice up the camp food, and so I'd bring it to meals and like he you know, I hid it in the napkin holder, and so you know this one meal he sort of saw you know it on my plate, and then he figured out what was going on, and he like reached in the napkin holder and confiscated this Paul Prudhomme uh, <laughs> seasoning that I was I was I had brought and uh, was you know putting on everything and. You know, I try to like sneak extra cans of soda and hide them in like the dining hall bathroom, and you know, got, you know so it was like a big thing to have like two cans of soda. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> so I remember, um, you know, a lot of situations like that, and then, yeah, I mean, the let's just say the food is not what makes camp memorable, even though everyone <laughs> remembers, you know, everything about the food. It's um, when I last went, there's like seasonings now on the table for everybody. So I guess that's how you know times have changed. We had a salad bar, Mom. I don't know if you had a salad bar, nope. uh, or you know gluten-free when when you were when you were there but uh i think the food has evolved with the time but um i don't know it it, uh it definitely um you know despite everyone complaining i ate a lot of it and uh looked forward to many of the meals there i actually liked the shabbat meal i feel like a lot of people did not like it but i did i liked the soup and i liked dipping my challah my challah into the soup and i think the chicken was really good on friday nights yeah yeah. How about you? How about you, Judy? I have zero memory of the food. <laughs> okay. I have the only no thing I have related to food was last year as a camper. That's when you got to be waiters and waitresses, which I was a blast. And I think the only thing I was guilty of is I would whip away everyone's food too fast before they were done. <laughs> but I have zero memory of anything that I ate there. And that and you were in the old dining hall primarily yeah, because was, there was, was there was no dining new dining hall there was no all, new. yeah the old dining hall yeah yeah and when that's that's where I was uh, spent all my time as a camper and until we put the building uh, the new dining hall up in ninety three um, what other like how about music like is there a, any songs that like oh when you hear that song I immediately think of camp like for me it was like always anytime I heard Cat Stevens you know that's always camp for me any for any of you guys leaving I grew that. Uh, I agree with Kat Stevens. I'd also say The Gambler. The Gambler. The Gambler, for sure. Uh, I mean, I'd say there's some Israeli music. I had done a voice company when I was Upper Gimel and Dalit. So when I hear, uh, you know, some of the music that we had done from that, 
uh, Salam being one of the the ones that just really sticks out for me. Certainly, that that brings me immediately right back to it. Sure. And Alex, you guys didn't you didn't have you guys went to Europe, not Israel, correct? That's true. Ghana. We were we were the second year Ghana. Uh, I was Ghana too, so we were the second year where it was uh, not an Israel trip. It was you know right after September 11th, and so I think there was you know thought of can we go to Israel? We can't go to Israel. Is there going to be a chance or a possibility? Um, so it ended up actually creating sort of an odd trip. We had a very small trip. It was, uh, you may know the exact number, but uh, somewhere around 20 uh, people who were on it, very small number of people from our Dalit because it, again, it was sort of unsure where we were going to be going. But yeah, we got to do a, a whirlwind tour, five countries in, um, in Europe. Scott Cellist was the leader of that trip, uh, of course, as well. And I have many great memories of him, uh, you know, in the Netherlands and in Spain and, and Italy. Uh, wonderful trip, but yeah, a, a little unusual again, particularly just because it was a much smaller trip that year. Yeah, I mean, I tell you that Scott's name keeps coming up, and my first summer back after a ten year hi- hiatus was '03, and Scott was an area head, and you know, and Peach was there as a CA, and Brian and uh, Michelle, and and uh, all the Dollar Ninety Eights, Teddy, uh, Garrett Lewis that you mentioned, Dave Pratt. Dave Flagler, oh, they were so key in, in getting me back into the swing of things at camp and really welcoming me with open arms. So I'll forever, ever be in debt to the dollar ninety eight uh, uh, because of that. But so anyway, I really think brought YJ into the twenty first century. Like he, you know, he came. Pr- Pratt did? No, well, well, Dave Pratt, of course, too. But uh, yeah. Chellis, I mean, he he oh, Chellis, he yes. came he came. Um, you know, his first summer area. I don't remember if it was when we were Godnar or CA, but sort of as the CAs, he made it a point to take us under his wing. I Maybe he was the assistant head and he, he did like special meetings with us each week and just, you know, talk to us about how to be menchy and, and how to watch out for the kids and how to be good counselors and good people um, and upstanding men, you know, for man's area. And uh, he just set that tone from the beginning. And, you know, he's one of my lifelong friends now, but he, he has mentored me, you know, like as, as a CA. And then when I was an assistant head with him, like I just learned so much and, um, he uh, he had such a positive impact on so many kids. You know, he he was so funny, but made his focus. You know, like like he's. I, I feel I feel like he um, he was one that really focused also on the younger kids. It was sort of like the younger staff go with the younger kids, and but he made it a point of pride. You know, that you are a staff for the youngest and most vulnerable campers, and you know, here's how we're going to get them through their homesickness, and here's how we're going to deal with bullying, which is that you know we're not going to tolerate it. Um, uh, you know, and just had such a positive influence on so many of us. And I, I think especially with doll 90, 98, we all kind of grew up and grew into like a new boys area um, with him. So. And same. Oh yeah. Most, yeah. Most of you guys were the leaders of the staff, you know, Oh, Oh, two, Oh, three, Oh, four. And, you know, just a great group of guys. Uh, you know, we're, we're almost got a few more minutes here. Judy, I want to ask you, what was it like when you were a parent? Uh, now you got your sons are at camp. What was it? Was it, different you know i mean obviously ken and marcy were running the show i think the first year charles was still there correct uh the first year but ken was there but yes the first year um well first of all marcy klebnik cornreich is one of my dearest friends she was in my wedding (laughs) um you know so i had a complete comfort level with marcy and ken being there and i and because of my experience at YJ, I had a comfort level with my kids being there. I didn't have a worry. Um, I was excited for them. You know, I, I just felt like this is a chance for them to, to blossom. And I think they did. I think they made some lifelong friends, which is wonderful. Um, 
So I, I, I was very, very excited for them, maybe even a little bit jealous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and visiting days, you know, with Nan in Lou Brown Park, like holding court and, you know, yeah. Andrew and Nikki and me and Alex and, um, you know, often Debbie and uh, Debbie and Rob are, are my mom's sister and, and um, brother-in-law would come too. And it was, you know, it was just such a nice um, scene where, you know, like generations of people sort of knew Nan would come up and pay their respects to Nan. And uh, it was, it was great going there. I mean, I felt like, you know, even the first year, it's like, oh, I've known Ken and Marcy my whole life. You know, this is, this is like sort of spending this whole summer with this part of my family, um, which then became a very strong part of my family. And you guys have a future camper in your family, right, Ted and Em? Uh, two. Two? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We took um, the kids to, you know, the past, what, two reunions? One reunion? Yeah. And Carl yeah. is so excited. I mean, he wanted to go last summer. Of course, that didn't happen, but I don't, you know, he's not going this summer, but next summer, what is that? Okay. 2022. 2022. Carl being there. He's very excited. Uh, that's great. And let's, you know, let's, uh, w- let's talk about what you guys are doing these days. Uh, we'll start with Alex. Alex, tell the YJ world what Alex Macnow is up to these days. Yeah, sure. Uh, so uh, I actually semi recently started a new job uh, with an organization that is focused mostly on international medical education and uh, foreign medical grads coming to the United States. So I, I trained as a physician myself, and now I'm working uh, sort of in uh, that education sphere. Uh, living in the Philadelphia area still. Uh, I'm married. We have a one-year-old, soon-to-be son uh, named Gregory, uh, who, you know, I guess that's Dollar 2036, 2035 <laughs> we're looking at. Sure, uh, sure. But yeah, he'll, he'll be reaching his first birthday, actually, uh, one week from today when we're recording this. Yeah, muscle tough. Muscle tough. Ted, Emily, Judy? Um, so I'm a pediatric emergency doc at UMass. And as you know, it's my boss is one of your uh, former classmates, Larry Ryan, who's a, a terrific guy. He, I mean, unfortunately, he left us for, you know, left us for Tevia um, for his kids. But um, uh, uh, he was he was a member of Dollar 85 as well. Him and his, his two brothers, Andy and Dave, becoming and an, uh, someone ha- out there could correct me if I'm wrong. The only set of triplets we've ever had at CYJ. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very cool, but uh, but yeah, yeah I, I work out there. I live in live in Wayland uh, near you, and can't wait to see you at the villa sometime after this show. <laughs> um, I'm uh, going into my eighth year. No, I'm in my eighth year at Belmont High School as a special education teacher. I work predominantly with students um, grades nine through twelve with socio emotional issues. Um, it's a great job. I love my colleagues and I'll be there next year in a new building. So that'll be interesting. Right. Great. Yeah. And Judy, what are you up to these days? Well, I am retired now from my job. I have a new job, which I'll talk about in a moment, but I'm retired, which I, I actually ran my own company that was a camp and tour advisory service for oh. families, helping them find summer camps, overnight camps and uh, programs when kids are teenagers, like, teen tours and foreign language programs and things like that. Um, I loved it. I did that for 25 years and then I'm now retired, but I am now the babysitter for my newest grandson two days a week. That's a great job. Yeah. It's been fun. It's been, it's been really great. And how's Glenn? How's your husband? He's doing wonderfully. He sort of has his hat and a lot of rings. Um, He's, Still on WIP as a, you know, sports, it's a sports talk radio show here in the Philadelphia area. Um, He's been doing a podcast. Some people might enjoy it. It's called What's Brewing. 
And he, we're involved with, we're, we have part ownership, small piece in a brewery here in the Philadelphia area called Concha Hocken Brewing Company. And um, he and another person, um, they call him Joe Sixpack, do this What's Brewing podcast, which talks about all the uh, breweries all in the area and what's happen- happening with craft brewing. And it's actually a really fun show. So that might be something people would be interested in tuning in. Oh, that's great. That's great. Awesome. Guys, anything else you'd like to talk about as we're just about to wrap up here? If not, I want to thank you for being here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, camp is just the, it's, it, it's, uh, I, it's been a while since I've been there or thought about it and thinking about this, you know, preparing for the show. It's, um, it's such a important piece of my life and helped me, you know, be, become who I am today. And I think that's true for so many. It, it allows us to be our true selves and, uh, you know, wherever you go, there's always someone Jewish from YJ and to, it's, it's just so great to be part of that community and, you know, out of, out of sight is never out of mind. You know, we all have camp uh, forever. Very well put. Well, thank you guys for being on the show. I really appreciate it. And we'll see you next time on all things YJ. Thanks for having us. Thanks, thank you. Glad to be here. Thanks.